Daisy, can I come over after school? After school, we can hang around by the pool. Hang by the pool. Did your mom get back from her business trip? Business trip. Is she there or is she trying to give me the slip? Give me the slip. You know I'm not the little boy that I used to be. I'm all grown up now, baby, can't you see? Stacy's mom has got it going on. She's all I want and I waited for so long. Stacy, can't you see? You're just not the girl for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacy's mom. Boom. Back in it. Welcome back to another episode of A Stars Born. I am your host, Chris Arneson. Thrilled to join you. Can't wait to talk to you about The Rock. Oh my gosh. 11.54 a.m. Tuesday, May 7th, 2019. I'm coming to you live from Starsborn HQ, second floor of the coffeehouse apartments here, here in my room, across the street from Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. It's a beautiful day outside, beautiful day, probably 70 degrees, icy blue skies, love it, but I'm excited to talk about The Rock, let's, uh, let's just get into it, we've been, we've been putting it off for so long. Before we talk about The Rock today, quickly, let's do the Mariners update. So every episode, I talk about the Seattle Mariners, probably my favorite uh, sports organization since the Sonics left the the great Pacific Northwest, but so yesterday, the Mariners lost in the Bronx, the Bronx, to the Yankees, 7-3, and today they play at 330 at Yankee Stadium, and tomorrow they're actually on ESPN, so it's a rare ESPN nationally televised game for the Mariners, you don't see that very often for them, so looking forward to that, there's your Mariners update, we're 19 and 18 on the season, so one game over 500, and uh, I like to say we, of course, because uh, I consider myself part of the team. And the, as for the NBA update, let's do that one. Let's see. I just got a little distracted there because I heard my roommate, uh, my roommate Noah, I heard him leave and shut the door, but I don't think he locked it. So <laughs> I didn't hear the beep, the beep and lock. So I'm, now I'm just like thinking, it's okay though. I'm, we're pretty safe safe part of town here in, here in the Palouse, not too worried about it on a Tuesday afternoon. It's all right. I was just briefly distracted there. Just to give you a peek behind the curtain, what I'm, what am I thinking about, you know? Man, these birds are, my birds are chirping today. I mean, the bird, not my birds, but the birds outside. That's like the one, one of the only pets not one of the only pets, but one of the main pets that I could, I can never have. I could never have a bird. There's 
always squeaking and squawking, pooping and popping. <laughs> They're terrible. Who who likes birds? Except for people, the only thing I like about birds is the big year. The uh who's Steve Martin, Jack Black and Owen Wilson. We haven't done any of those people for an episode of Stars Born yet. So those are all future future episodes for sure. Um that's a great movie though. The Big Year. It's about I think it's a real thing. I think it's based on a real thing where bird watchers travel around the world. What what is it? Like I think they're trying to see every single species of bird. But <laughs> that might not that seems like a lot, but maybe it's only like a thousand, a couple thousand or something. But it's a really good movie. Lots of fun. Um, all right, NBA update. So yesterday, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, beat the Celtics in Boston. I'm I'm pretty happy about that because I picked the Bucks in that series. I've I have them beating Boston, Boston. The, the Celtics, Sox, Sox Celtics, and um, <laughs> terrible. I'm terrible at accents. It's okay. It's fun to try them. Let's see. 101-113. Celtics loss, of course. I just said that. The Bucks are headed three to one in the series. That was game four. So it's looking pretty good for Milwaukee. And then in the late game, this was pretty this was a shocker. Houston won another game at home. So they tied up that series at two games apiece. Um, they took it one twelve to one oh eight. James Harden had a big game. And then uh, the Greek Freak had like 39 points and 16 rebounds for Milwaukee. So those are those are the two MVPs, the the competing MVPs, Greek Freak and James Harden. I think I think Greek Freak's gonna win it this year, just because James Harden won it last year, and the voters like to spice things up, give it to someone new, the new superstar in the scene. That is Greek freak, especially especially if Milwaukee goes on to beat Boston, which it looks like they will. If they, if they go to the finals, then I think, I mean, the MVP is supposed to just be based on the regular season, but I mean, how can you, they vote, I'm pretty sure they vote after the finals. So it's impossible to not take the playoffs into account. Um, as a voter, <laughs> me being a voter, I, I would know this, <laughs> but all right. So yeah, there's your updates there. Here, let's do another little s- segment that we, we always do here. Uh, it's the cooking the fast way, the Maywood Hills re- recipe book. So each episode we read a recipe. This is another one that we could have done two days ago on Sunday on Cinco de Mayo, this is taco roll-ups. It's <laughs> just reminds me of like fruit roll-ups. What if there's just like a fruit roll-up style thing with just tacos? That'd be kind of disgusting. Okay. <laughs> That'd be gross. Taco roll-ups, yeah. But this is a different thing. So here's your ingredients. One 8-ounce package of cream cheese. One 8-ounce container of sour cream. One package of taco seasoning. One small onion chopped, 
one eight ounce package of shredded cheddar cheese, soft flour taco slash tortilla shells. So I guess you get choose which one you want. If you want soft or the crunchy. And your directions are mix all ingredients and spread on shells, roll up, and refrigerate. Cut into one inch pieces, serve with salsa. Wait, so I wonder if you're supposed to get both the soft flour taco and the tortilla shells. Sounds like sounds like you can do either or. So there you go. There's your recipe for the episode. And speaking of, I just mentioned my roommate Noah. So yeah, I came home from I was just playing basketball at the gym this morning. Just God, it feels great. I love the feeling of just getting out there and getting getting a good sweat going, shooting some hoops. Oh, it's my favorite. Playing basketball is my favorite thing anyway, so. I love doing it indoors, though. I mean, I'm not opposed to playing basketball outdoors, but I like wearing my my Nikes. I don't know what they're called. Air Maxes. I got them a couple years ago. I should probably get some new basketball shoes, but... Yeah, I like lacing up the basketball shoes, putting on two pairs of socks, and just, like, kind of taking it more, a little more seriously versus, because, I mean, if I'm playing outside, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'm just going to mess around because that hurts your feet playing on concrete. (laughs) It's not, it's no good for the knees, so I don't do that that often. I just did that one time when I was home during the Easter Bunny couple weeks ago but um yeah so let's see what was I just going to talk about just now I completely (laughs) I completely blanked oh no Noah that of course of course Noah so I came home from playing basketball from the gym and it smelled a little (laughs) a little stinky in the apartment because he normally shuts the door to his room I'm not I'm not trying to trying to talk trash about Noah or anything but (laughs) He did say, he when I asked him if he wanted to come on the podcast, he was just like, he he was like, no, not really. Like, he he didn't even consider it. But <laughs> not that there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's okay. It's to each their own. But I mean, not that we were both we're not doing anything. It's just now it sounds like I'm just complaining, just bitter. I'm like a bitter person <laughs> about people. I gotta get used to people rejecting. Uh, when I asked him to be a guest on the podcast, like learn to deal with rejection. That's like a huge part of life. But anywho, so I come home, his door's open to his room and it's a little stinky. It just smells, it just smells bad. And, uh, you know why? It's it's because, um, it's because his, it's the, like the dirtiest I'm not trying to talk trash about Noah, but I mean, he, I'm sure he know he knows this. <laughs> he he knows get what get what I just did there. He knows this. He knows this. That you can't even like walk into his room. There's no carpet. You can't even see the carpet on the ground. It's it's just it inspired me though. My main point is, I just looked at it because he normally shuts the door to his room, probably to block the smell and probably because he's like probably embarrassed honestly that there's just garbage and dirty clothes and yeah just 
bunch of trash just laying around just all over the ground. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't care though. It doesn't really matter other than it smelled, it was a little stinky when, cause the door's open and I'm used to it being closed, but I don't have to deal with that. So I don't have to go in there, but, um, it inspired me. All I'm saying is, although I do, I must say that the apartment isn't the cleanest as a, as a whole, like the kitchen and living room area. I mean, I try to, now it sounds like I'm just complaining, just <laughs> lobbying, <laughs> logging my complaints, but no, I'm not complaining. I don't like to complain. I'm just saying I like to, I like to keep a clean living area. And, um, that inspired me taking a look at Noah's room. <laughs> I got super inspired to just completely clean my room. Like I, let's see, I organized all my shoes. I got I got way more shoes than I really need. Like I have two pairs of athletic shoes. No, three pairs of athletic shoes. Then the basketball shoes. I have two pairs of Vans, one pair of Adidas, like a couple pairs of like three pairs of fancy shoes. Fancy shoes. I mean like kind of like nice dress shoes, dressy shoes. But um, I got a lot of shoes. I don't know. Two pairs of slippers? Like, why do I even have two pairs of slippers? Who, do you, who has two pairs? I like how they're different, though. One of them's dark gray. I think I got those ones at Walmart here in Pullman. And then the other ones are, they're kind of like the classic slipper look, you know, with the, the brown on the bottom, the brown body, and then the white fur on top. I like those ones. Those kind of look like. But my favorite slippers of all time I was, I was gonna say these look kind of like they're like sitcom slippers you know like what the dad would wear in like a 90s sitcom but um uh, my favorite slippers of all time are the homer simpson i had homer simpson head slippers just it was his head just looking up at me and you just like you put your foot into his mouth basically and um uh, I love those. I don't know what happened to them. Probably grew out of them, honestly. But, um, yeah. I clean my room. It feels real good. It feels like I can, I can honestly feel the dust that's been lifted. Like, the air, it feels like there's more circulation going around here. There's more air circulation. The wind, I always have the window open, pretty much. Even last night. Last night was the first night that I slept with the window open. Because I heard it's not good to I heard it's not good to sleep with like a cold breeze going across your face. There's some sort of I can't remember what disease, but apparently it's some sort of disease risk. So not I'm not like a hypochondriac really, but I think that's that's what you call the people who worry about diseases all the time, right? But um yeah, I I always sleep with the window open during the summer. And last night it was it was like mid 50s. So that was perfect. But I think that's my recommendation for you though. You're like how does this what does this have to do with me? If you're living in a like a messy like area, like your house or apartment or your room is is dirty, you got dirty clothes laying around and garbage and books and stuff that needs to be picked up. 
I don't know. You should definitely pick it up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying I, it's not not I don't know. I mean, pick it up. That's that's what I'm saying. Just pick it up. It's so easy. It took me 20 minutes. Like you don't have to think about it. Just all you're doing is just picking things up. Like putting them in places. I had a bunch of shorts and like sweatpants kind of just laying over by my shoes over here. <laughs> I just keep talking about the shoes because they take up so much space. I have two different locations for my shoes. One of them, there's like, there's like 10 pairs over here. And then there's like four pairs over there. The slippers are in separate locations, of course. You got to keep the, keep the slippers separate. <laughs> got to keep them separated. Keep, got to keep the slippers separated. Hey! Oh, there we go. Keep the slippers separated. Hey! I like that. But, um, yeah, just pick it up. Like, I had all these basketball shorts and sweatpants and this these uh Nike Pros. Nike Pro Combats. But they're the long, you know, like those long running tights, kind of. The leggings. But they were just kind of laying in a pile, just over here on top of the shoes and I just picked them up and I put them in this this dresser thing that I use for a table that's my really my only piece of furniture is my dresser table and then my my office chair that I that I drape my WCU Coogs blanket over and then put my my fuzzy fuzzy pillow on top of but today I flipped the fuzzies here's a little insight for you <laughs> for the listener uh, I flipped the fuzzy side. I flipped it around because it's too warm. I don't want to get hot, so I'm using the back side, which is it's a little more clothy. It's definitely softer. I don't know about softer, but just not as warm. Doesn't conduct as much heat. So um, yeah, let's get into the rock. Let's let's get. I feel like we've been gotta stop saying feel. It's. This is something I heard. I heard that people used to say, I think, I can't remember where I heard. This was something I had learned a long time ago. Or I heard, I didn't learn it. I heard someone say it. Someone said it to me, people used to say, I know. Maybe I heard it on a podcast. People used to say, I know all the time. And now people say, I feel. Because, I don't know, it just has to do with people putting more emphasis on feelings. That sounds like something Adam Carolla would say. So maybe maybe I heard it there. But let's get yeah, let's get into the we'll get into the rock right now. So where we left off was WWF Mayhem in Manchester, The Rock. He plays the character of The Rock. Video nineteen ninety-eight. So we're going through his IMDB page, his filmography, 104 acting credits. And we left off on a cliffhanger of, speaking of slippers that could be in popular 90s sitcoms, you could have found this brown pair of slippers, my brown pair of slippers. I think Red would have worn them. Red would have been the person wearing them. Red Foreman in the sitcom That 70s Show. Rock was Rocky Johnson for one episode. In 1999, pre, right before Y2K. 
Um, but that's how I like to divide that millennium. Uh, TV series 1999, The Net. Never heard of The Net. Are they talking about the internet? I'm, I'm curious. He plays Brody for one episode. Let's see what they're talking about. Computer programmer Angela Bennett. Bennett. Maybe that's why it is. They call it The Net because it's Angela Bennett. <laughs> okay. Discovers a shadowy group of cyber terrorists who completely erase her true identity. Falsely labeled as a criminal. She finds herself on the run, on the lam, and she'll never stop until she's got her life back. So it's kind of based on the internet with computer programmer. And who's the star here? Who plays Angela Bennett? Brooke Langton. Langton. Brooke Langton. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. All right. Anyone else in it? No, no one else I've heard of. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't heard of him either. Um, 1999 video game, WWF Attitude. He's the voice of The Rock. A video from 1999, WWF, The Rock, Know Your Role. He is The Rock. The Rock. In a world where The Rock is a video game. How has The Rock not had his own video game come out yet? That's my prediction. You heard it here first. I'm predicting that in the next three years, The Rock will have a video game. Um, maybe there already is one, and we'll read it. But there's just going to be a video game called The Rock. And it's just going to be... It will be like a combination of Sims and WWE. So you'll be able to like go into Hollywood, like walk the red carpet, act in movies, hang out with Kevin Hart, do the third Jumanji, um, all that stuff. <laughs> and then the WWE stuff. Oh, and there should be, I don't, I'm not like a huge wrestling fan, although I used to be more of back in the day. But I would be more interested in watching uh, like backyard wrestling. So maybe we make it like you know how they used to do NBA Street, like NFL Street, the video games. Those are those were always more entertaining. I like those more than the like than Madden or NBA Two K. They're just more fun. I like playing in the elements. So um. Yeah, like a Prius drives by or something, like right through your game. Just reminds me of... I never played... What movie was that? They were playing like roller hockey in the middle of the street, and they had to move their stuff. Like that sounds like a Andy Sam... That might have been Hot Rod. It might have been Hot Rod. When they're just playing roller hockey in the street, and then the car comes. They're like, car. But... Anywho... I think The Rock should do a video game where he does backyard wrestling. That's my main point there. All right, here we go. TV series, 1996 to 99. Rocky Maivaya slash The Rock, four episodes. WWF Superstars. Star Trek Voyager is a TV show, 2000. 
He plays the champion for one episode. A video from 2000 called The Rock, The People's Champ. He plays The Rock. A TV show, 1998 to 2000. Let's see. He plays The Rock, of course. 18 episodes. Wow, that's... He's seen a lot of TV shows back in the day. I did not realize. Um, Oh, let's see. Sean just... Sean just texted me. And he said he just had a fifth... Sean Roper from a couple episodes ago. Um, He was a guest on Stars Born. Brad Pitt episode. Uh, He just said... I just had a 15-foot putt that landed like this. And now the little the little periods are going back and forth. So he's saying something. So we'll see what he says. Um, all right. But yeah, The Rock was in a lot of TV shows back in the day. But they were all WWE-based. Everything. Except for that 70s show. And The Net. I wonder if he was a wrestler in The Net. The Net. It's kind of funny to say. I don't know if I mentioned this, but a couple wrestlers, they were like amateur wrestlers from the Pacific Northwest. They might have been from Vancouver, but they came to the Easter Bunny when I was there. And make sure to listen to the Egg Basket episodes when I talk about my experience. Those are kind of like in-game action episodes. Um, Talking about my experience working as the Easter Bunny at Bellevue Square this past month. That that got done on Easter Eve, I guess it would be called. But that was super fun. Pretty fun little job. Uh, second year in a row I've done it. But, oh, let's see what... Oh, he's talking Frisbee golf. I was I was thinking real golf. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Because I was like, I didn't know Sean golfed. Um, wow. The, the Frisbee is stuck to the side of the rail. Like, if... You know, like a frisbee golf, um, they have the holes are actually like big metal baskets, and they have like six inch tall rails on the outside, like a little fence, and somehow the frisbee stuck to the outside of the of the rail, like like it had flubber on it or something. I mean, that is amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna say, wow, that is so impossible so impossible impossibly amazing ha 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 I don't do LLL LOL I do uh ha ha because I like being able to control how many ha's I can do like if I think something's really funny I'll just do like ha 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 I mean, I guess you could do LOL, OL, OL, you know, but I think that looks kind of abstract. All right. So I said, wow, that is so impossibly amazing. Ha ha ha. Three ha's. Um, very good. So that's a, I think that's the first ever live text, first ever t- live text reply on A Star is Born. So we're making history today. I'm breaking down walls. Uh, so let's see here. Where do we leave off? We left off W... Oh, we said Star Trek. We just said that. The Rock. The People's Champ. 
a video from 2000. Plays The Rock. WWE Sunday Night Heat TV show 98 to 2000. Um, did I just say it? I may have just said these. He plays The Rock. 18 episodes. Video game 2000. WWF Smackdown! Exclamation point. Smackdown 2. Know Your Role. The Voice of The Rock. A video from 2000, WWF, Chris Jericho, Break Down the Walls, he plays The Rock. Oh, here we go. Here's his first, his first big blockbuster. I can't believe this is his first big movie. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed when you hear that this is his first movie. But maybe you already knew this. 2001, he plays The Scorpion King as The Rock in The Mummy Returns. Is it Brendan Fraser in this one? I can't believe that this is his... Yeah, Brendan Fraser's in it. And Rachel Weiss. I can't believe this is The Rock's first movie. It's his first movie ever. It's like this huge blockbuster hit. Like, The Mummy was... The Mummy was a pretty big movie back in... Back in my heyday, um, I, I don't know about The Mummy Returns, but The Mummy, because The Mummy Returns is, yeah, that's a sequel. All right, <laughs> 2001, Long Shot. Hey, Seth Rogen's movie, Long Shot, just came out just this weekend. Let's see how that's doing. Let's see how Long Shot's doing. I'm curious. I haven't even checked how the reviews are treating long shot. Oh my goodness. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's shocking. That's really surprising. I thought this one was going to be I thought it was going to go through the the spin cycle, wherever they call it. Go through the ringer, through the gauntlet of film critics. But I guess not. I guess it's really good. I thought it looked good cuz I like Seth Rogen movies. Um, let's see who who directed this movie. Who directed it? Distributed by Lionsgate. Charlize Theron is in it. Actually, Theron. Yeah, that's right. Charlize Theron is how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, episode 13 of A Star is Born, Charlize Theron. And uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ice Cube. Ice Cube Jr., and uh, from uh, Straight Out Compton, I like Straight Out Compton. That was a good movie. I liked Straight Out Compton, and then Love and Mercy, which was another similar movie that came out around the same time. And Paul Giamatti was a he was a music manager in both movies. <laughs> he was the main manager, so and he's kind of the same character in both movies, and they're kind of they're similar. They're similar biopic, drama, styles. I like them. I like both of them. All right. But who directed Longshot? That's what. Jonathan Levine. Let's see. Let's see what else he's done. He did Shards. <laughs> oh, I'm that's so juvenile. The way I <laughs> laughed at that. He has a movie called Shards. I wonder if, what it's about. It doesn't even have a Wikipedia. So it's an indie film. That's his first movie. Uh, Love Bites. All, all the Boys. Love Mandy Lane. The Wackness. 
Oh, I like that. That's a cool movie title. The Wackness. Let's see what that's about. It's 2008 coming-of-age comedy drama. Okay. It's not really what I expected. I kind of expected, like, Walking Dead zombie kind of movie. But, <laughs> okay. 50-50. Oh, 50-50 is a great movie. That was Seth Rogen and Joe Gord-Lev. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The one where... Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets cancer. Seth Rogen's his friend. And I think it's... I think it's based in Vancouver, BC. Speaking of Vancouver. That's a really good movie, though. Definitely recommend that one. Uh, Warm Bodies. Oh, speaking of zombie films, he does have a zombie movie. I heard this one was good. I haven't seen it, but... Who's in Warm Bodies? Nicholas Holt. Oh, from Mad Max, Fury Road, that's right, and uh, he's one of those guys with crazy face paint, I don't think, he's not a part of the band though, he's not, he's not one of the, one of the rock stars that's on the, on the caravan there in Mad Max, um, Nicholas Holtz and Teresa Palmer, also Rob Corddry, who's a great actor, hilarious dude from Hot Tub Time Machine, Children's Hospital, it's a funny show, Dave Franco, oh, Dave Franco is in one of my favorite movies that I've seen, it's popped up on TV a few times in the past, like, six months for me, this is one of my favorite comedies from the past uh, decade, let's say, favorite recent comedies, um, Dave Franco, Neighbors, Neighbors is a great movie, it's a Seth Rogen movie. We just keep talking Seth Rogen movies, but Dave Franco and Zac Efron are hilarious in that movie. Rose Byrne. Oh, uh, Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz from The Mindy Project. He's so funny in Neighbors. That guy, <laughs> that guy, speaking of funny actors, that guy's a funny, he's just a funny dude. Good physical, good physical comedy. Um, alright, so that's Warm Bodies, I heard it's good, alright, we're still talking, we've, we've gone away, veered away from The Rock, and now we're talking about Jonathan Levine, Jonathan Levine has hijacked this episode of A Star is Born, but, um, he has such a quick IMDb page, that it's, it's so easy to go through him, so Warm Bodies, then Rush, Rush is a, what was, oh, not, not the, I see, this is not the space, not space, but uh, racing, race car, the one that Ron Howard directed, for some reason, that's why I was confused there, I was thinking, I was like, I thought Ron Howard directed Rush, the one that stars uh, Chris Hemsworth, I think it's Chris, it's one of the Hemsworth brothers, I think it's Chris, um, it's based it's also starring, oh, Rush has, man, now I gotta look up the movie Rush, the the guy who plays the dark-haired guy in, in Rush is really good actor, let's see, it's a good movie, I saw it in theaters, I think I went to that movie with my mom, actually, okay, so if you search Rush, I go to lots, lots of movies with my mom, though, so that's no surprise, if you search Rush, the first thing that comes up is 
the rock band, the Canadian rock band, of course. Daniel Bruhl is the name of the actor who plays Nicky Lauda, the Austrian perfectionist race car driver. And uh, Chris Hemsworth plays the charismatic English playboy James Hunt. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. All right. I was about charismatic. <laughs> I was about to do a Cockney. <laughs> charismatic, charismatic English, English James Hunt. Oh my God! Speaking of Adam Carolla, he was, he was just talking about. I hate to just make this the Adam Carolla review show, but speak. But I said Cockney, so that just reminded me that he had this joke, like you know how people, what was it? Oh yeah, the Hertz donut. Like you want a Hertz donut? They're like, what's a Hertz donut? And then they like punch you in the arm and say Hertz donut. So he had, he had a, another thing that he came up with. He was saying, uh, "Want to hear me try a Cockney?" And then the person's like, "Sure." And then, <laughs> and then you just knee him in the cock. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I thought that was super funny. Uh, but that was Adam Carolla who said that. So all right. That's a Cockney accent. James Hunt. Ron Howard. Alrighty. Alrighty then. Rush. The movie. It's a good movie. 89% on Ron Tomatoes. Um, let's get back to... Jonathan Levine directed a US TV show. It's a medical drama series called Rush. So that's what that is. That's that Rush. But Jonathan Levine also directs... The night before, or he he did direct the night before, which was really a funny movie. Seth Rogen, so he works. This guy works with Seth Rogen. Um, yeah, this is funny. Joe Gordlev as well, Anthony Mackie. He's one of the Marvel dudes. Which guy's Anthony Mackie in Marvel? Isn't he a? He's Falcon. That's right. In the Marvel Universe, Falcon. There we go. See, I know nothing about... <laughs> That's how little I know about them superhero movies. Superhero movies. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. He did not direct that one. He just produced it. And then Snatched. That was also Dave Franco, though. Mike and Dave. Wait, Dave Franco and... Oh. Yes. And Zach Efron once again. Um, Snatched, which was the Amy Schumer Goldie Hawn vehicle. Um, speak of Amy Schumer, she just congratulations, Amy Schumer. <laughs> if you're listening, Amy Schumer, congratulations so much. Uh, she just had her. She's with child. She just had child, had her child, and. Um, it's no longer with child. She had her child. The final movie. Yeah, 2019's Long Shot is the most recent movie that Jonathan Levine directed. So there you go. Alma Mater, Brown University, and the American Film Institute. Huh. Very good. That's uh, He's from New York City, and he's going to be... He's 42 years old. There, there you go. There's your Jonathan Levine... Expose, uh, long shot. Looks like a good movie, but also one of those movies that 
I wouldn't mind uh, waiting. Just it seems like you can watch it on like your phone and be just as good. You don't need to see in theaters. It's not like a superhero movie. Speaking of the superhero, superhero movies, let's see what. So the Rock's long shot. What's that about? It's PG thirteen, ninety three minutes, action, comedy, crime. A twenty something tennis instructor slash gigolo. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, so this is like a Deuce Bigelow situation we got here. This is pre Deuce Bigelow though. I do. I believe two thousand one is pre. Now we gotta see where when did Deuce Bigelow come out? Knowing Hollywood, they probably came out the same time. Oh my god, nineteen ninety nine. I thought it was gonna be like a ants, uh, Bugs Life situation. You know, where they're they're racing for the theaters, <laughs> seeing who, who can get done first. But no. December. Alright, so it's December though. But still, December tenth, nineteen ninety-nine is when Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, the original uh Gigolo movie, I guess. So I guess long shot the Rock's long shot kind of uh kind of a spin off they're trying to catch heat. They're trying to catch that Deuce Bigelow heat, you know? Ride that wave. <laughs> Ride that Gigolo wave. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a sentence that's never been said before. I like saying sentences that have never been said before, you know? Maybe someone said that. Maybe some pimp said that or something. <laughs> we got to ride this Gigolo wave. All right. Embroiled in a scheme involving seduction and insider trading. I did not expect that last sentence or that last two words. Seduction? Okay. And insider trading? <laughs> what? What? Oh, that's so funny. Okay. That's hilarious. All right. The long shots. Let's scroll back down here. Back down to 2000. Oh, that was something I wanted to mention before we go to The Rock's next movie. What did I watched last night? I was just talking about Noah. Because, um, yeah, my other roommate, Christopher, like I said, he's back home for the summer doing this internship. Hopefully, that's going well for him back in the Tri Cities. But um, I was watching a popular TV show, incredibly popular TV show, that I have never seen, like, never seen a minute of it till last night. And I wonder, you could probably guess what show I'm talking about, just based on the times. It's it's like the show that everybody's talking about right now. And um, medieval, I could I guess you could call it. That's right. It's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. But actually, because I was just going in, for some reason I had just, I had a bias against it. Like I didn't think... I just never thought it was a good show, H- having never seen it, <laughs> having having a, I guess I was judging the book by its cover, but I just thought the fact that, like, I'm not against having, like, sex scenes in shows or something, but it almost seems to take it down a notch for me, like, it seems like there's not as much, sub- like, substance in the show if you're just... Because I've heard, from what, what I've heard, like, I didn't see a sex scene 
last night in the 15 minutes I watched with Noah, with my roommate. But um, I hear there's like one like every episode. So, I mean, I bet what percent of people do you think watch Game of Thrones tuning in just to see the sex scenes? Just because it's kind of like, it's almost like a softcore porn situation, you know? Because <laughs> those could be, they could be like an hour long. And game like just like a Game of Thrones episode would be like an hour long. So honestly, I'm I'm not even exaggerating here. I'm guessing. I'm just f- predicting. I haven't looked up these statistics. I don't know. I don't know if you could research these stats. But I bet I bet you could research these. I think I'm guessing two thirds of the audience is males. I'm just totally guessing here. It seems like a lot of Game of Thrones fans are dudes. I'm just, I think, like from, I just get the general vibe. I don't know for sure. I'm, I mean, I bet there's a tons of, there's tons of female Game of Thrones fans, but it just kind of, I don't know. It kind of feels like a male centric show. And that also ties in with the fact that there's, yeah, there's like a soft core porn scene every, every single episode. So that might be one of the reasons, what I'm trying to say is that might be one of the reasons why why it got so popular in the first place and why it's like a male-centric show. But, I mean, of course there's been TV shows that feature, like on HBO, like most HBO shows like have nudity and that kind of stuff. But not all of them are as popular as Game of Thrones, of course. But... I don't know, I think Game of Thrones is kind of known for their nudity and explicity and all that stuff. I think I think it is, like, from just from an outsider's perspective, from someone who had never seen the show. That was just, that was my point of view. So, um, yeah, I just kind of had a bias that I didn't think it was going to be that good or that entertaining, really. But it was actually not that bad, not bad, <laughs> not bad. The I I must say, I must say, I do I do say, the red-haired fellow. I don't know his name. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Steve the pirate, Steve the pirate, er, <laughs> from Dodgeball. Uh, one of my favorite. Actually, Dodgeball might be my favorite movie of all time, but we'll talk about Dodgeball soon. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit, but anyway. The red-haired fellow from Game of Thrones. He was good. And, of course, Khaleesi. Is that her name? She's beautiful, of course. Um, I think that's... Is it... I think it's Khaleesi is the name of, like, the... The main... The main blonde lady. But, um... Other than that, I didn't really gather much from Game of Thrones. Other than it seemed like a... It just kept reminding me of those Bud Light commercials. That's now I finally understand. Like I get I I realize the whole Bud Light, Coors Light, um, the Taco Bell commercials. Remember the medieval Taco Bell commercials from the past year, where they're just they're having like a huge feast, um, like King Henry or something. But this is all Game of Home. It's Game of Thrones. It's it's all based on the hype. Like that's why, that's why Bud Light was doing those. Uh, remember in the, in the Super Bowl this past, in twenty nineteen, this past Super Bowl, 
uh, like Bud Light and Coors Light, like all the light beers were making the medieval commercials, just battling it out. But um, yeah, those are all Game of Thrones based. They're, they're riding the wave. <laughs> they're riding the Jiggle wave. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Now I forget what I'm talking about. What, what were we talking about here? Okay. Let's, so let's leave it. I just mentioned dodgeball. And speaking of dodgeball, I'm holding dodgeball, the DVD disc in my the case, you could call it. Not the not the disc. In my palms right now. And um I guess just in my left palm. But <laughs> Dodgeball, this is like my favorite what possibly my favorite movie of all time, based on the day. Depending on the day. But this is a great movie. Full screen, a true underdog story. I think the full title is Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Grab Life by the Ball. Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. Um, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Rip Torn is hilarious in this. Is Patches of Hulane. Peter Lafleur is that's Vince Vaughn's character, and then White Goodman, of course, with Globo Jim. <laughs> this is such a great movie. I love Dodgeball. I definitely recommend. Like you gotta watch this movie, especially. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. But if you like funny movies, if in any capacity, if you if you just like laughing in any way, then watch Dodgeball. Dodgeball. I love that movie. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. ADAA Hall of Famer, Patches O'Hulahan. Hands down the funniest film of the year, according to Dark Horizons. This has special features. Full-length audio, audio commentary from Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, and director-writer Rawson Marshall Thurber. That's a great name. Rawson Marshall Thurber. The fourth. It should be the fourth. There needs to be one more article in that name. Uh, deleted extended scenes and alternate ending with optional commentary by director-writer Rawson Marshall Thurber. The eighth. Uh, DVD ROM content, dodgeball screenplay, bloopers, gag reel, featurettes, trailers, and much more. Man, I've never even heard of Ross and Marshall Thurber, but apparently that's who the director is of my favorite movie. Um, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, Swingers. I also love Swingers, of course. That's one of my other favorite movies. All right, so yeah, this is Dodgeball. This is a great DVD case, too. It's just, like, the front, they have a, a giant Dodgeball in the front, and it's, it's one of those DVDs that they have the material. The Dodgeball's almost, it's almost like a rubbery Dodgeball material. Like, just like uh, the Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. That DVD case is all is all football. It's like a football, and then the Hoosiers one is like a basketball. I like those kinds of special little treats for the consumer. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get back to business. Back to The Rock, two thousand two. This is coming off The Mummy Returns. I guess I did not realize this was connected to to the Mummy franchise. 
but he plays Matthias in The Scorpion King. So I guess, because his name was The Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns, so I guess The Scorpion King's name is Matthias. If so, fact so. Video game, 2002. He's in lots of video games. Lots of wrestling stuff. WWE, WrestleMania, X-8. Plays The Rock. WWE, Global Warning Tour, Melbourne, 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 Australia. I definitely want to go to Australia someday. That's just seems like such an exotic place. It's almost like another planet. Like with all like the crazy animals, like all the things that can kill you. The the bush, the the outback, the the Great Barrier Reef. Just all of all Sydney, like the Sydney Opera House. You hear good things about Australia. Australia has really good marketers. They have a good um, publicity team, I suppose. They do. Like Australia, I guess they get a really good reputation, even though other than the fact that people say like they know that it has all those things that can kill you. That's the one thing that people talk about natively. But it doesn't still, that doesn't hold people back from going to Australia though. That's the crazy part. So that shows you how strong the Australian publicity team is, you know? Because even though there's, you might die, you might get bit by a spider or something just walking around. You might, a shark might just jump out of the water and snatch you when you're on the boardwalk. <laughs> Which boardwalk, one of my favorite movie genres, along with comedy, horror, heist, reunion, and caper. The newly added caper but yeah australia gets a really good reputation that's all i want to say all right all righty where were we here um now i can't remember where i left oh yeah melbourne of course melbourne the scorpion king rise of the Cadian. another video game 2002 matthias the voice of matthias so he's in a video game based in on the movie wow you don't see many of those. I'm surprised there haven't been, like, how have there not been superhero video games? Like, why hasn't Marvel, why hasn't Marvel dipped their toes in the video game world? That seems like a no-brainer. That would, because that's a huge crossover. Think of it. Think about it. Like, I bet, I bet more than, more than half for sure. I was gonna say more than two thirds of video game players are also fans of superhero movies in some like in some way i would think so kind of you know i don't say nerds i'm not trying to be mean or put people down but you know the classic the classic phrase the classic nerd you know video games and superhero comic books like that kind of stuff you know you know but now that i that's not necessarily true though because both video games and superheroes, superhero movies, they've gone mainstream. So, so have nerds. It's it's actually cool to be a nerd now. What am I talking about? Nerd, like a cool nerd. That's just like a hipster. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm confusing myself. Cause nerd, yeah, the main thing this switch 
I mean, everyone knows this. Like, nerds used to be made fun of. Like, Revenge of the Nerds, the big thing was, like, they're, like, the minority group that fighting for their rights. And now, now it's all about, like, Tesla and Silicon Valley and Apple watches on your Apple watches and iPhone, like, the newest iPhone. And, like, nerds are cool. Nerds are cool now. And that just goes hand in hand. I wonder if that is why superhero movies, it's like a chicken and egg egg kind of situation. Like, which happened first? I think it's the technological revolution with, like, the smartphones. Smartphones becoming huge and, um, like, everything. Just virtual reality, Teslas, Priuses, electric cars. Just technology is, like, a big deal now. Like, Silicon Valley... Twitter, social media. <laughs> I just keep rattling off stuff. <laughs> I just, I'm just gonna keep naming things. Um, but no, like the whole techie explosion, just explosion of tech. I think that is the reason why superhero movies and video games too have become so popular in the past, like in the past decade. I would say both of those things have exploded, but. I guess technology, the whole technology revolution has kind of gone hand in hand, I would say. Because what? I'm trying to think. The first iPhone was probably, I got to look it up now. I think it was like 2007, I believe. Let's see. iPhone. iPhone 1. <laughs> the very first iPhone. 2007. There we go. June 29th. Coming up on the 12th anniversary. So... That's kind of a good base for when the whole technological thing was blown up, you know? The first iPhone, 2007. And then, yeah, I guess now I'm trying to think of superhero movies. Now we got to look at Marvel superhero movies. When did those become super popular? I think they became... I think when the first Avengers came out is when I remember those becoming real popular. Not Endgame. I don't want to see the end game one. I want to see the first one. <laughs> All right, let's see. Yeah, th- those movies have made billions of dollars. Marvel is crazy. Avengers 1, 2012. There we go. May 4th. Wow, they did a direct... They're doing trying to beef with Star Wars right there. <laughs> they released the first Avengers on May the 4th Be With You. They're trying to start a beef. <laughs> Marvel's trying to beef with uh, George Lucas. But um, May 4th, 2012. So yes, that that coincides with my, with my theory. Because think about it. The first iPhone came out five years before the first Avengers movie. And the first Avengers movie is kind of like a baseline. Like there were... Like don't get me wrong. There were a bunch of superhero movies... That happened and came out um, before before the first Avengers movie. Of course, there were like the first Spider Man. When was the, the first Spider Man? Was like two thousand four or something. But that's not. They weren't as popular back then. They weren't mainstream. Like now, they're insane. They're the biggest thing. And I think Avengers kind of started that because the whole it kind of started the whole idea of like a super team. An all-star team of superheroes. <laughs> like the Pro Bowl. It's a Pro Bowl for superheroes. It should be in Hawaii. They should do 
They should do a Marvel movie in Hawaii. I guess Aquaman is a DC movie. Is that in Hawaii though? Or am I, am I just confusing that because Jason Momoa, I believe he's from Hawaii. But yes, that kind of kind of makes sense to me. That's my theory. Is that iPhones became huge and then like smartphones became huge. Technology started becoming a thing that everyone could like the everyday person could have in their pocket they could just everyone could carry it around you know or everyone who could it was affordable you know they made affordable technology for for the everyday person what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that yeah like you used to have a computer like remember when computers and tvs used to cost thousands of dollars back in like the 90s, like the late 90s, like a, a desktop computer or like a, a big TV, those cost thousands of dollars. And that's like late 90s money. So you have to like consider inflation for like how much that would cost in 2019 versus 20 years ago. But so what I'm trying to say is, yeah, like the iPhone made technology accessible for everyone because, I mean, you could you could buy a new one or you could wait like wait a few months, maybe buy a used one for like a few hundred bucks or something. So it's still like, it's still expensive for sure, but it's not, it's not ridiculous. It's not as expensive as like a desktop computer. And it's, it works way better than, than like those old giant desktop computers. And you can carry it around in your pocket. I mean, you guys all know this because you're probably listening on your phone right now. But, um... Yeah, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that that's when superhero movies became big. Because it's the whole nerd. It's the nerd takeover. Nerds start taking over in the job force. Like, they took over in the economic sense. Like, Silicon Valley, you know, like, the mid-2000s. Like, we're saying, 2007, first iPhone comes out. And then they take over in, like, the pop culture arena. Yes, in entertainment, nerds take over in the, the mid-2000-teens after, after the first Marvel Avengers comes out in 2012. And then, like, explosion of just every single superhero gets a movie and, you know, of course. And then, just even the past few years, video games have became, like, the new thing that everyone... Like, Fortnite, of course, everyone... I mean, I've never even seen Fortnite. It's crazy. Like I've seen, uh, I've seen people play. Like I saw Sean play uh, PUBG. He's played PUBG before, which I think is kind of like a, it's like a poor man's. It's a pub man's version. <laughs> I like it. A pub man's version of Fortnite. Um, but I've never seen Fortnite. But I definitely have tried to do the flossing dance, which that comes from Fortnite. I do believe, right? So I've, I mean, of course I, I spent many, many an hour in the Easter Bunny costume with that giant Easter Bunny plastic head on <laughs> doing that flossing, that flossing dance in the middle of Bellevue Square, in the middle of the mall. But yeah, that's kind of interesting, I think, because video games have really taken over and I've noticed in the past like three years, they've just become... I think that has is kind of a result of the whole like virtual reality becoming the next big thing. Like everyone's looking forward to virtual reality. 
uh, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Like five years from now. I mean, if you're listening to this five years from now, I bet you know about virtual reality. Because <laughs> the, first, the first virtual reality things are coming out like now. So it's like the first iPhone, you know? Compare the newest iPhone, the iPhone X. Compare that to the first iPhone. It's, I think it's more than twice as big, honestly. It's not even the same. It's not even the same universe. Like, it's like comparing uh, apples and oranges, those two things. So, um, that, what I'm saying is technology, it, it grows exponenti- exponentially, of course. Um, like, each year that passes, the technology is going to keep growing even faster. It's, it's hard to even wrap your head around that, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, the whole self-driving car thing is going to be coming in the next decade, probably. I want to I wanna know about flying cars, though. What about flying cars? Because <laughs> I've heard about tunnels, like how they wanted, Elon Musk was talking about doing like a tunnel system through LA to help the whole traffic problem there. But flying cars would also alleviate the traffic. Because I've heard that that's, apparently that's how you, that's how you get rid of traffic, is you have to go vertical. <laughs> you have, I mean, I guess, I don't know about building more roads, but that probably doesn't work. I'm just guessing building more roads doesn't work. And it just uses a ton of uh, taxpayers' dollars. But you got to go vertical uh, to get rid of traffic. So that's building tunnels, that's going, driving underground, and then that's, flying cars <laughs> and that's what I'm more excited because I love like Back to the Future I've talked about it I love Black Back to the Future it's um it's probably my favorite movie franchise and flying cars are a huge part of that <laughs> flying cars are just a integral part of that universe so I've always wanted to do the flying car thing but I guess going the airplane is kind of more insane in a way because it's like going in like three flying buses like like stacked on next to each other you know i wonder if evil knievel ever tried to jump over an airplane (laughs) because like you know how he always jumped over the buses but i wonder if he ever switched it up and tried to jump over like a 747 or something but i'm gonna take a little break right now i'm gonna I'm going to wet my whistle, uh, go to the bathroom, and uh, I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. We are back. We are back. We are getting dug back. All right. First of all, I want to say that I don't want to blaspheme the name, the good name of my, of my uh, roommate Noah because, in fact, he did lock the door when he left. So uh, I was wrong at the beginning of the podcast when I said that I thought he didn't lock it. So um, there we go. Everyone's wrong though. That's the main, the main lesson from that is anyone can be wrong, no matter how right you think you are. And uh, the rightest people are sometimes, in fact, the wrongest. <laughs> I, don't I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> I don't know. I just that's a pet peeve of mine, for sure. Uh, this is my pet. This is my cat. Her name is Peeve. <laughs> Hi, this is my pet Peeve. But um, 
Anyway, no, a pet peeve of mine is when people can't admit that they're wrong or like they're too stubborn or they have too big of an ego or something to just, you just gotta know, like, I don't know, learn how to look at something objectively, I guess. It's tough. That's like a tough lesson to learn or like a thing to learn how to do, I guess, to look at your life from an outsider's perspective and try not to be swayed by your personal biases but i don't know admitting you're wrong like i'm excited to admit that i'm wrong or say i don't know like i like saying i don't know that's another thing that people don't like doing sometimes and so they'll try to act like they know everything and don't want to say i don't know because it looks might make you look weak or something i don't know see i just said i don't know i say it all the time (laughs) But I like, I like saying I don't know. I like admitting that I'm wrong. I like asking questions, because I think those are all things that people do. Who they're trying to grow, improve themselves, become more well-rounded, better individuals, and more productive members of society. You know. Let's get back to the rock. Before we get back to the rock, though, I want to talk about. The picture for this episode, the episode image, which is from the 2007 Midwest baseball trip that went on with my cousin Matt and Grandma Doreen. And you can also find this picture on my Instagram at ChrisArneson8. And, um, yeah. I was going to say also, (laughs) I was also going to keep doing more plugs there. Check out my books on Amazon and Kindle, and follow me on Twitter at ChrisTheAuthor8. Alright, also thank you for sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, anyone, everyone, of course. Thank you, thank you. Alright, so let's start with top left. Let's make sense. We'll go top left. So that picture, that's from Badlands, Badlands National Park, over there in South Dakota, Ship to Cuda. My grandma lives in Rapid City. So that's where we started this trip. And um, yeah, that was cool. Badlands National Park. It's really, look how blue that, the sky is just the iciest of blues. And that's pretty much what the whole National Park looks like. Just a bunch of those kinds of rock formations. You probably can't hike on all of them and sit on them. But I think it's also funny because we're wearing flip-flops. So we're just, if you look closely, I mean, I know because of the other photos, but my cousin Matt and I are wearing flip-flops in this picture. So <laughs> just doing some pre-hardcore hiking, you know, no big deal. But no rope required. <laughs> Not that intensive hiking, but... I don't know. I like hiking. I like going to national parks too. It's those kinds of outdoor road trippy kind of day trip things. Always fun. Just fun stuff. Just the, the kind of stuff you want to see on like a travel channel show or something. Except that's not what the travel channel shows. Like, travel channels all... I think they went all food now. I think that's what Bert said. Because Bert used to work for a travel channel. Of course, he used to have a few shows over there, Burt Kreischer. But I think he said they went food. <laughs> they, there's all their shows now are 
pretty much based on food. I think Ghost Adventures, which is one of my favorite reality TV shows, um, used to be on Travel Channel, but I don't think it is anymore. Let's see. Now we got to check Ghost Adventures while we're looking at these pictures. So the top right picture there, Wall Drug. That's a famous, really famous tour spot. Right there in, oh, I think it's in, yes, yeah, actually Wall, South Dakota. Named after John Wall. <laughs> no, but yeah, Wall Drug since, uh, we don't know. We, don't, we can't see what year, but that's okay. It is a travel channel, really. You're telling me? Wow, I guess Ghost Adventures is still on the travel channel. Okay. So I'm all over the place. Now we got to look up Wall Drug. So the fun thing about Wall Drug is as you drive to Wall Drug on the freeway, it's kind of just a picture of just a two-lane freeway in the middle of South Dakota, you know, nothing really there, nothing to look at. Probably Mount Rushmore is probably not even nearby. Um, I think Mount Rushmore is on like the southwest part of the state over there. But all you see on your drive to Wall Drug is these giant billboards that say, Wall Drug, coming up 250 miles. And then 20 miles later, you see one like, Wall Drug. It's like, we're, we're almost there, 200 miles. And just every like 50 miles. And then they just keep getting more common the closer you get. You're almost to Wall Drug. Get ready. Get your get your belly ready for all this food. 25 miles of Wall Drug. But that's just what I can remember. Those those giant Wall Drug billboards. It's famous, though. It's famous. It's a shopping mall consisting of a drugstore, gift shop, restaurants, and various other stores. Unlike a traditional shopping mall, all the stores at Wall Drug operate under a single entity instead of being individually run stores. Huh. The New York Times has described Wall Drug as a sprawling tourist attraction of international renown that draws some 2 million annual visitors to a remote town. Oh my god. See? See what I'm saying? It's internationally renowned. 2 million people. Go to the middle of South Dakota, which is in the middle of no... South Dakota itself is in the middle of nowhere. And then Wall Drug is in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. <laughs> so it's in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's cool. It's, I definitely recommend it. If you ever find yourself... If you're in South Dakota right now, or if you find yourself driving across the great state, um, definitely... Definitely do that. Check it out. All right. So that's Wall Drug. That's a picture of Matt and I in front of it. And then right below that's a picture of, of us. I'm on the right. In the Hard Rock Cafe, Cabo San Lucas. I did not get that uh, from me going there. I've never been to Mexico. I, I'd like to go, though. I'd go to Mexico. I mean... Where do you go in Mexico? I guess you go to Cabo San Lucas or Cancun or um, Tijuana. <laughs> I guess just for like a day trip or something. I've heard mixed things about Tijuana, but 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Do people still go there? Is that still like? Is that still a popular thing for Southern Californians to do? I'll have to to find out when I when I go down there next month. Um, yeah, so that's a picture of Matt and I in front of a buffalo, which reminds me, a buffalo. That's how Gloria from Modern Family would say it, buffalo. It just reminds me of Great Falls, Montana. Um, this was probably a decade ago. And they had these giant buffaloes, art projects. They all were, they were painted, and they had these cool designs. And uh, they were done for, by like, dozens of different artists from Montana. And they were just scattered around town. And uh, that, yeah, that was a really fun thing to look at. I think, I can't remember if they're still there. I would assume, I don't know why they wouldn't still be there. Like, you wouldn't just take down like public art like that even though they put them up as part of like one specific festival or celebration but I was just thinking how like Banksy <laughs> like what if someone just took down Banksy's public art what would, why what is the story with Banksy because that's what I think when you think street art or public art you think Banksy and um I haven't seen what exit through the gift shop I heard that's a really good documentary about him. But so he's an anonymous England-based street artist, vandal, political activist, and, f- and film director. His satirical street art and subversive epigrams combine dark humor with graffiti executed in a distinctive stenciling technique. Man, that sentence was like an obstacle course right there. <laughs> that was like a, a mud... A tough mutter. <laughs> that sentence. Wow. Um. Yeah, Banksy. Everyone knows Banksy, right? That's just like a. That's one. He's like on on the level of like Oprah, <laughs> with I mean like the one level or like Gandhi, or um, some other one word one name person. I'm trying to think of. I was gonna, I was gonna say Doctor Phil, but that's two. Ellen. There we go. Ellen's one one name. Everyone knows Obama. People know who you're talking about. Um, Banksy. I think most people know who Banksy is. Maybe, man, Banksy. That's so bold. I mean, I guess people, not most people know who he is because he's anonymous. <laughs> that's, just, that's just so funny. It's so bold to um, just be an anonymous artist. Like, very, I don't know. Like, I almost, I can't believe he wouldn't want to take credit for his work. That's that's just my main thing. Like, how does he make a, how does he get paid if he's anonymous? You know what I'm saying? I guess he must have a, he has like a team of accountants, like managers and agents and stuff who know who he is, but he's anonymous to the general public. That's, I guess that's surprising that he's never got on someone's bad side or like fired like an assistant or an agent or someone and they they just revealed him to like his revealed his identity how has that never happened (laughs) you know you know um yeah banksy which reminds me of that simpsons episode mr x so that will be the simpsons episode for this installment of a star is born 
Because as you know, Simpsons is it's like my favorite show of all time. Uh, not really anymore, but growing up, back in the day, for sure. So Mr. X, like I haven't seen a new episode of The Simpsons for probably for a decade. Like I never watched the new episodes. But I mean, I'll definitely watch a rerun of a an older episode from somewhere between season like two through like 15 I'd watch even later than season 15 I would watch an episode but I've heard that the Simpsons is actually pretty good now that they had a bit of a comeback because they had a down period there where uh, it wasn't as popular of a show as it used to be that's for sure kind of like in the late 2000s in the early 2000 teens but I can't believe that show is still on TV though <laughs> that's so crazy they're in like season 31 just insane but a big reason for that is because it's an animated show so you don't have to see the characters age but still though that's no excuse not every animated show is on for 30 plus years it's insane alright so here we go this is a Simpsons episode called The Computer Wore Menace Shoes. It is season 12, episode 6. And after Homer creates a tell-all webpage, he is awarded a Pulitzer Prize for his truthful revelations. And that's when he was writing... He had like a blog. And he was writing his blog as a character, Mr. X. That was his identity. And he wore... a I think he wore a bag over his head that had like a question mark on it. So that was pretty funny. But that's a that's one of my favorite episodes of, of The Simpsons. Definitely an underrated episode of that show. Alright, alright. So there's your Simpsons talk. There we go. Who's my here we go. Let me try to think of a great a great side character. Millhouse. Millhouse is really funny. And same with uh, his dad. Kirk Van Halen, that one episode, I think I may have mentioned it on the podcast before, can, yes, the the original song, uh, the Kirk Van Halen song, um, it's like, can I have a prayer, what's it called, Kirk Van Houten, um, I've, I definitely have talked about this before, and the race car bed, that was such a funny joke, when he's talking to Homer, and he's like, oh, this is when he divorces his wife. Um, he's like, I sleep in a race bed at night. And he's bragging about it. He's like, I get to sleep in a race bed at night. Where do you sleep? And Homer's like, I sleep in a bed with my wife. <laughs> um, so Kirk Van Houten's song, Can I Borrow a Feeling? Yep, that's such a classic. So let's just do a package deal. Kirk and Milhouse. Both two of my favorite side characters. Millhouse is just legendary. Everything, Everything's coming up Millhouse. That's, that's a great line. That's one of the best lines in the history of the show. All right. Um, all right, so back to the pictures. Bottom left picture. I am eating. Um, man, look at... We're both eating. Breakfast. This is probably... This is at Wall Drug. I actually do remember this. This was at Wall Drug. And I destroyed. Look how 
at the contrast between my plate and my cousin's plate. He has he has a full plate of like pancakes and that's all I can really see is pancakes on there, but my plate's empty though. <laughs> I'm like Kobayashi. I'm I'm Joey Chestnutting his life right there. <laughs> I'm I'm Joey Chestnut to his Joey pancake. <laughs> Alright. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a funny part of that picture. Anything else about this picture? I got a mouthful of food. Um, there's like a fireplace in the background. It looks like there's a ton of nice paintings. I like the brick wall too. I, I always love a brick wall. Or a brick wall or a brick um, like cobblestone. Brick street. I like any kind of brick. I like my grandma and grandpa's house um, in Great Falls, Montana. Made a brick. Um, but yeah, this is a funny picture. Yeah, this is obviously the same day as when we went to Badlands National Park. So we must have gone there on the way to Wall Drug or afterwards. But let's see, anything else specific about the picture? I can't... Oh, it says, yeah, welcome to Wall... You can see the menu, the corner of the menu in the bottom of the picture. It says, welcome to Wall... So it's going to say, welcome to Wall Drug. So there you go. And then you got the little... Was it Smuckers? The little jelly packets. And I have a grape one sitting right there. So grape was probably... That's a good choice. I must say. I'd probably go with the same choice today. I mean, raspberry and strawberry are some other options for those little packets. You know, like you find at diners and hotel breakfasts, the little jelly packets. I think they have some like orange flavor or apricot or apricot, whichever one is supposed to be. Um, ooh, let's see. Sean texted me back. He said, uh, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> that's so funny. Hey, that's true, though. We're talking about the uh, the froth disc sticking to the side of the basket. I'm going to say that belongs in the... I was going to say in a museum, but we might as well be more specific. It would be funnier. And kind of a shout-out to Night at the Museum, one of our... One of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movie franchises, in fact. Night at the Museum. I mean, <laughs> that might be, like, uh, like, exaggerating a little bit to say it's one of my favorite movie franchises of all time. But definitely top ten, I will say for sure. Night at the Museum is top ten movie franchises. I think that's something that I should rate all my favorites. Oh, you know one of... So we got Back to Future... Scream is up there, the great uh, horror franchise. Uh, by the way, I texted back Sean. I said, that belongs in the Smithsonian. Ha ha. <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah, so we got Scream and National Treasure. Speaking of South Dakota and Mount Rushmore, uh, National Treasure is one of my favorite movie franchises for sure. I can't believe there's only been two of those. I think let's let's look up National Treasure Three, because that's something that should definitely be coming out. Um, other favorite movie franchises, so Back to Future. Oh, National Treasure Free, 
three. Illustrator for three. Um, it just says it's still on the table. It's just in the talks, you know. It's not. It hasn't been greenlit, greenlit yet. Uh, other favorite movie franchises. Let's let's just look at movie franchises. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, of course. That's that's a gimme. It's a no-brainer. Um, film series is not really any of the classic. I like the Hunger Games. Hunger Games is a good one, but not not really uh, Star Wars. Not so much. Not a really big Star Wars fan, even though I have seen all of them. And even though I f- I watched it, I wa- Sean just said LOL. Um, I watched it growing up, or he said or a froth museum. <laughs> I'm gonna say, where would a froth museum be? That the fir- the first. I'm gonna say that would be, that museum. Would. Be, in the redwoods <laughs> forest <laughs> since we're talking national parks um i'm thinking re- national parks on my mind that museum would be in the redwoods forest haha makes sense a froth museum in the redwoods forest that seems like where you would put it but you'd probably have to get some sort of copyright licensing agreement with <laughs> with the redwoods national park the whole National Park Association. Alright. So, let's see. Star Wars, not really. Not so much. Uh, Harry Potter. Wait, what's J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World? Because, okay, Harry Potter's list, listed under it. But, oh, does that also include Marvelous... What's that movie? Marvelous Beasts and Where to Find Them? I think that probably includes that one. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Not Marvelous Beasts. Been talking too much about Marvel and superhero movies. <laughs> Alright. Um, so Harry Potter, not so much really. For me. Talk about my favorites. X-Men, not really. Even though I, I saw Logan. I saw the newest X-Men. It was okay. Uh, Batman. I like Dark Knight. I like Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises is alright, but the first Dark Knight is that's probably one of my favorite movies. That's like that's up there in the top handful of favorites for me. But um other than that, I haven't even seen Batman Begins, so just Dark Knight. So just one of the movies. James Bond. I do I do like James Bond movies. My brother was a huge James Bond fan back in the day. I think my dad was a big James Bond fan. Actually, I think my brother, I think it was just more my brother when we were, because I remember I was probably like eight. He must have been 11. And he had the James Bond, the giant book of like all the weapons and cool cars and the technology, all that stuff. And then he had all the movies or I mean, I guess he still does. They're still in the those giant DVD boxes. That I mean, my brother will probably. I'm assuming my, my brother will take the James Bond movies, but maybe my parents will take him to Spokane. But that's where. That's where we got dodgeball from earlier when we talked about dodgeball. That was from. 
the, uh, the my parents' DVD collection back home. They have been whittled down to two DVD boxes, two giant cardboard boxes. Um, the DVDs used to be in the TV room, of course. And yeah, I picked through them. Picked probably like Baker's Dozen or so. And yeah, Chef is one of them too. <laughs> we just talked about Chef, so speaking of Baker's. But yes, James Bond's probably in that collection. Uh, Sean said, haha, right in the middle. You have to hike to get to it. Um, I'll have to think on. I'm going to say t- <laughs> take a zip line. <laughs> take a. Take a zip line to get to get to the parking lot because I like the idea of there being a parking lot just right in the middle of the redwoods forest take a zip line to the parking lot haha ha. I always I always end my text in haha ha for some it's like some sort of texting insecurity I have you know take a zip line to the to get to the parking lot, haha. Ha. Um, I think try and be funny. Uh, zip lines are pretty fun. I've done it in Hawaii and I did it in British Columbia up there in Whistler. I think those are like the only two zip lines I've ever ridden. But it's pretty scary, honestly. If I did it now, I'd I'd be pretty frightened. I would like to do it like in Las Vegas. I've heard you can do it in Vegas. Just Right, like through the strip, right over the strip or something. Or in New Orleans. Nylons. Nylons. I remember in Girls Trip. A great movie. Love Girls Trip. Another movie that I went to with my mother. But um, they have a zip line right uh, over there by, I was going to say Beale Street, but it's not Beale Street. It's Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, that's the name of the festival. What's the name of the street? What's the famous street in New Orleans? Gosh, what, what am I trying to... Because Beale Street is Memphis, right? New Orleans Street. I just think Mardi Gras uh, Street. Let's see. Um, Bourbon Street, of course. Of course, Bourbon Street. <laughs> I'm sure that you already knew that. You're like, Chris, it's Bourbon Street. It only took me a second to look it up, though, so... Don't worry about it. After James Bond, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I actually really do like Spider-Man. Especially the first... The Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. The first three. So I would say... I would rank Spider-Man over Batman, personally, for me. Just based on the fact that... I like three of the Spider-Man movies, but I really only like one of the Batman movies, Dark Knight. Um, let's see, Fast and Furious. It's okay. I've only seen two of those. I saw the fifth one. <laughs> I fell asleep, actually. <laughs> I remember that was senior year of high school. I went to the fifth one at the uh, Alderwood AMC, what's no AMC? Triple feature interruption. <laughs> Excuses, brief interruption. It's like breaking news. Yeah, I'm gonna do the AMC triple feature right in the middle of this whole conversation. You betcha. Um, 
So yeah, I do it every episode. <laughs> AMC Triple Feature, you know it. Uh, June 2009. It was the end of sophomore year. Uh, my best buddy growing up, Stephen Ungrecht. And I went over to AMC Woodenville. So the other closest AMC movie theater. Other than Alderwood. Not the one that I fell asleep at uh, for Fast and Furious. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is when I fell asleep during that movie, I just woke up and there's just like a giant bank vault being, being drugged, drugged, dragged, being dragged down the streets of uh, Cuba, Havana. I think it's Havana. I think that's where they are in Fast Five. But that's, that's a funny thing to wake up to. Just a giant bank vault. Giant bank vault. <laughs> That'd be a good name for a like a f- comedic heist movie. Giant bank vault. Just the name of a, a kind of like an indie comedic heist movie. Kind of a band of robbers. Ooh, if you enjoy heist movies like I do, and indie films, uh, band of robbers. Find on Netflix. Add it to your Netflix queue if you want. That's a great movie. But anyway, anywho, the AMC Triple Feature. So we just got out of school for the summer. We were trying to celebrate. And bought tickets to year one. The uh, Jack Black, Michael Sarah feature. I think that's the only time those guys have been in a movie together. Um, that'd be cool. <laughs> that would have been funny if Michael Sarah was one of the kids in School of Rock. <laughs> Even though he's probably too old, he would have been too old to do that. He he would have looked young enough though. That's the thing. Cuz Michael Sarah is just even like now he looks like a kid. So imagine how young he would have looked back then, back in 2003 when School of Rock came out. He could have been he could have been one of the one of the kids in the band in that movie. School of Rock, another one of my favorite movies of all time. Jack Black Jack Black. But anyway, we're talking... We're not talking School of Rock right now. We're talking Year One. And we also talked about it in Episode 4 of A Star is Born. Paul Rudd. Because Paul Rudd's in it a little bit. Uh, June Diane Raphael's in it, too. I like her. She is um, also in Longshot. The new Seth Rogen movie that we were just talking about. She's also... The wife of Paul Shear, and um, she's funny. She's a funny lady. They have a show. They have a show together called like, it's all acronyms. It's like N T S F S U V S T P G. You know, it's just all acronyms. But I've seen like a couple episodes of that show. It's it's a spoof show. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's not like one of my favorite things because. I obviously didn't watch all of them, but I think you could probably find it on YouTube. Uh, it's like a spoof, kind of spoofing James Bond. Like we were just talking about James Bond. But I definitely like, I like that crew of comedians. Like the Paul Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, kind of Jason Manzukis. I was just talking about him last episode. All the guys in the league. Uh, Paul Shears, yeah, but wait, what am I talking about? Paul Shears, one of the guys, one of the guys in the league. What am I talking about? I'm getting, I'm getting all confused. I also enjoy um, Duplass Brothers movies. 
you guys should definitely I don't think I don't know if we'll ever do it maybe someday maybe when we start running low on famous actors with like tons of credits I don't know I bet Mark Mark and Jay Duplass have a good amount of film credits I'm sure they do but I like I like that mumblecore style of movie it's it's kind of like funny to watch but it can be alarming at first like how how everyday and how usual and ordinary the mumblecore kind of movies are but I haven't seen one of those for a long time but I remember the Dodeca Pentathlon I think that's what it's called that was a good one and any Duplass Brothers movie so Creep Creep was a good movie I think Creep 2 came out, but I haven't seen Creep 2 yet. But the Duplass brothers are they make good stuff. Um I think they've they've worked with some they've I don't know, let's save it for their episode. They've made some big movies though. So AMC Triple Feature, Year One, Caveman, a caveman jamboree, uh cave people, I should say. <laughs> Wanna be inclusive, you know. Of course. I want to be inclusive, uh, cave people, jamboree, just, uh, a ball, you know, if cave people could have balls, that's like what year one was, but <laughs> kind of like the, the old Geico commercials, if, if it was expanded into a full movie, but I do, I did watch the Geico, the caveman show that was on ABC along with carpoolers. It shared the same block hour as uh, carpoolers I think cavemen was on first I think it was 8 o'clock cavemen then 8.30 carpoolers that was probably a Wednesday night probably like a Wednesday or Tuesday night not like one not one of the more popular days maybe even a Monday and year one terrible though as for the movie year one not really I just in my personal opinion I mean, Judd Apatow worked on it, so surprising that I didn't enjoy it. I usually like his stuff, but not really a good movie. Um, it was kind of an adventure. It was kind of a road trip movie. I think I'm going to add, that's what I'm going to do. Breaking news right now. Wait, I already did. Oh, that's so funny. I just couldn't read it because I wrote it in pencil down here. So I have to make a special note there. There we go. I'll make it extra big. Uh, road trip. <laughs> I forgot to mention with my favorite movie genres, road trip is one of them. Uh, I just failed to mention it because it was written in pencil down here, and I guess it was just hiding down there. Okay, get off my back. <laughs> Speaking of favorites, though, I also want to live in. A, these are some of the places I like to live, or a cottage in a forest, just in my life, just sometime in my life. These are some of the destinations I want to live. A cottage in a forest, mostly inspired by Ruby Holler, which was, that was like my favorite book of all time growing up. Sharon Creech, uh, Cabin on Lake, probably inspired by Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite movies, just in general. Probably, definitely my favorite horror movie of all time. A High Rise in the City, uh, Seinfeld and Friends, don't get me started. Any How I Met Your Mother. Every sitcom in the city is based in a high-rise in a city. So many inspirations. And then finally, a mansion by the sea. 
I don't know what that one's about. I do like the song uh, Cabin, Cabin by the Sea, by the Dirty Heads. I just listened to that song yesterday. So maybe that has something to do with that. But I also like uh, The Great Gatsby. Not the new one. I haven't seen the the one with Leo and the one that the one that has Jay-Z is the soundtrack. That one looks I mean that one looks good though. But I mean I don't think it got that that good of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes by the by the critics. But still I I'd like to see it. It definitely seems like one of those movies that you want to see in theaters though, just cuz it's so like gaudy, you know, gaudy, flashy, just big lights flashing. Nice cars, big mansions by the sea. But I remember my experience with Great Gatsby was it was junior year of high school in English. Mrs. Lyman, she was a good teacher. I liked Mrs. Lyman. She was super nice. She she let us watch Iron Man. Just I think it was just a random day. She was just like, I don't really want to do anything. Let's watch Iron Man. <laughs> so that made me like her back in the day. Like, you get my stamp of approval. Even though I'm not a super big fan of superhero movies, like I said. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, still though, back in the day, even though English was my favorite class in school, that was my favorite subject, for sure, English. Which makes sense, because being a writer and an author, I mean, you got, like, English. And I, I never liked math or science, really. So, that doesn't really leave many other options. I didn't really like history that much either. So, what else you got there? Um, but still, so English, we watched Iron Man. And we also watched Great Gatsby. But it was the old Great Gatsby with Robert Redford. And um, I can't remember who else was in it, but I'm sure there's... Let's, let's check. It was probably filmed, like, in New York City. That's where it's based on Long Island... I can't remember the name of the town either, but come on, why is it 20? I want to see the old Great Gatsby, not the 2013 movie. Let's see, Great Gatsby film 1974. Wow, that's an old movie to watch in class. <laughs> 1974, that's funny. I also remember when we watched Of Mice and Men in Mr. Belarjan's class. Which, that was a good movie. Of Mice and Men is a great movie. Also a great book. Um, just a very dramatic, like thrilling movie. Like I would, I would look forward to them remaking Of Mice and Men. I think that'd be a good remake. Same with The Great Gatsby. <laughs> do another remake of it. Like in twenty twenty two, just do a a third remake, a remake of the twenty thirteen one. Because they're doing so many remakes in Hollywood. Like you could you could call it the greater the greatest Gatsby, no okay. The sequel will be called the Greater Gatsby, and then the the third one will be called the Greatest Gatsby. There we go. How do they not do that? That's gonna happen. If Marvel took over, that's what would happen. <laughs> but I think. Oh, Tobey Maguire was in. Speaking of Spider Man, Tobey Maguire was in that. Twenty thirteen Great Gatsby. But um, yeah, if Marvel, if, if if Marvel took over the Great Gatsby, that'd be funny. He's one of the one of the superhero characters. Is the Great Gatsby? That would be that. Oh my God, next level, 
Marvel Universe with like literary characters from novels, literary history, history, <laughs> literary history. I don't, oh my God, I'm so, that's a great idea. I'm going to write that one. That one definitely deserves to be written down on the old uh, pineapple sticky here. So Mar- Marvel Universe with a, uh, how do you, how do you define it? Literary characters. So pretty much if like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn were like Batman and Robin, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's kind of just combining two things that already exist, but it's kind of like Reese's, Reese's Pieces, chocolate and peanut butter, but I think there's something there. I mean, obviously, there's too much copyright protection and all that stuff to, you can't do anything with that, but it's a funny idea. <laughs> I got excited for a second, so that's all that matters, right? Um, Marvel Universe literary characters. That's gonna be that's gonna be a funny thing to look back on. Like, what did I mean by that? What exactly does that? Uh, I guess like everything just seems like it could be like a superhero movie. Just when you think about it, under the lens of the Mar- Marvel Universe. <laughs> oh no! What am, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> uh, Robert Redford. Mia Farrow is also in the 1974 Great Gatsby. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern from one of my favorite 80s movies. Not Ferris Bueller. Uh, I'm talking... I'm talking uh, The Burbs. (laughs) Daniel Van Kirk turned me on to this one. Daniel Van Kirk turned me on to The Burbs. He always talks about it. It's one of his favorite movies. But I watched it, and I was like, this is, this is a, it's a cult hit. It's, it's a great movie. I liked it. It's just, it's like dripping with 80s nostalgia. Just, it's, it's classic. It's funny. Just a supernatural movie based in the neighborhood. It's really, really all I can say about it. But um, Tom Hanks, too. So, 1940. Oh, yeah, we, we talked about it. The Tom Hanks episode, of course, which was only a few episodes ago by number, but by time, that was like a month and a half ago. All right, not a month and a half, just a little over a month, I guess. Oh, rainy. <laughs> Great Gatsby, 1974. I'm surprised. Guess what the Rotten Tomato score is on this? 41%. That's pretty terrible. That's, that's not good. It's nothing to write home about. Um, I I liked it. I liked it better than that, from my memory. <laughs> I was just talking about how good it was, and then it turned around and it's 41%. Let's see what the... Ooh, see the 2013 one, not much better. 48%. So at least they raised the bar a little bit. Maybe the greater Gatsby will be... have a little greater Rotten Tomato score. Uh... So let's get back to AMC Turtle Feature. So after year one, we hopped and skipped, wind sprinted, uh, put the invisibility cloak over our bodies. Speaking of Harry Potter and the wizardry universe of J.K. Rowling. And we made it to the other side of the movie theater, past the concession stand. So yeah, 
Year one was on the left side of the movie theater as you walk in. In theater six, which was right next to the concession stand, in the middle, uh, this is all before the remodel. So they remodeled AMC Woodenville after I left in like 2017. Um, I was there from February 2016 to August 2016. So then the hangover was on theater nine, which was on the far side, the far theater. So as far as you can get from the concession stand. And um, yeah, we made our way. We army crawled on over there. Man, remember the crab, crab crawling? When you used to have to do that crab walk in like football? Back in football. Because you know, like, you would sit, oh, it's kind of similar to the bear crawling. We would do bear crawling, which was, you know, like on all fours, like a bear. That was, I actually enjoyed that. I always had a good time doing bear crawling. And then my favorite part about doing, like we would do races. Oh my God. That just, that just brought back memories right there. My youth growing up playing football. (laughs) That was fun. That was the most fun part about practice. That was like a, a celebration. Like, like the award, you know, you know, in Survivor when they do the award challenge and then the winner gets to like take a helicopter to the top of some mountain and eat like a smorgasbord of a bunch of exotic cheeses and salamis and drink some fancy Chardonnay and look at the sunset. But our version of that in football was the bear crawl race. <laughs> at the end of practice, it was always... That was like the last thing you would do in practice would be the bear crawl race. Oh my God, I just remember that. That was great memories. And it would usually be, sometimes it would be like up to like 50 yards, I want to say. Like really far. Just, oh my God. Some people would be so fast. Like no matter how fast you think you are at bear crawling, there's always someone faster than you. It's, that's a metaphor for life right there. Drop some bear crawl knowledge on you. <laughs> but that sounds like a a good like a good kind of like Buddhism kind of Zen Zen kind of book. Bear crawling and other ways to Zen out. <laughs> like a guide to spiritual bear crawling, colon, a guide to spirituality. There you go. Bear crawling, colon, a road trip, a road trip to a spiritual beginning. I like that. I've always wanted to write a guidebook, like a how-to book. I think that'd be fun. So that's something else. Bear crawling. Maybe it's gonna be something to do with bear crawling and how to be more. I would like to write like kind of like a spoof parody book, like a parody, a spoof parody. I just say a spoof parody book. I want to write a book. It's a spoof of a parody, man. No, a spoof of. Oh my god! Now I've. Now I totally forget what I was gonna say. A spoof of how-to books. Is that what I wanted to say? Um, <laughs> I got so distracted by my spoof parody book, idea. Gosh. No. Not like a spoof how-to, but. <laughs> dang that that's feeling. I got now. I got that feeling of. It's like I just lost. I feel like I just lost a balloon. I just let it go into the clouds. Now, how am I going to get that back? How am I going to get that, that thought balloon back? 
I'm gonna have to shoot down with a pellet gun or something. <laughs> It'll come to me, but in the meanwhile, so bear crawling always my favorite part of practice, and I loved at the end of the bear crawl, I would always just end up just diving, just turning it into like an army roll, like a somersault. That's how you end the bear crawl, just by doing like a, I was just like a fabulous, just an extreme fabulous somersault you know <laughs> kind of end you kind of end like ta-da <laughs> if you, you like put your hands you know like do the jazz hands like like you're performing like in a las vegas um a las vegas circus performance you know a roy <laughs> i was gonna say roy and Choi, siegfried and roy i'm thinking about roy Choi, the chef roy and Choi. Ah, <laughs> my mind's all over the place now. I already forgot what, about what I wanted to say back then, but that's okay. We just, the th- good thing about podcasts is you just keep it moving, keep it moving forward, keep the AMC triple feature going. Uh, the Hangover. Um, yeah, I did. I did want, want to remember what kind of satire book I wanted to write. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. A satire, a spoof of spirituality. Yes, that's kind of what I wanted to do. That'd be, I just think that'd be pretty fun. Because you know how people can kind of go like a little over the top with, you know, like Phil Jackson, <laughs> the old Lakers coach, the Zen master. But I'm not talking about just him. I'm talking like nowadays. There's Everyone has like a, a, like a yoga, like Zen podcast or something. I'm not talking bad about podcasts though. Actually... The more podcasts, the better. There should be more podcasts. I'm encouraging you, all listeners, everyone listening right now, you should definitely start a podcast. Just find something. You don't really have to like talking. Like, you could do one. This five minutes. Just record it on your phone. Make it Make it five-minute episodes once every three weeks. You know what I mean? Once every two weeks, release a five-minute episode. As everybody can do that. Nobody, if even if you worked 100 hours a week, you could still manage the time to release a five-minute episode. You could just do it once a month. Once a month, five-minute episode, you know? Just a little podcast. Just find something. But my main advice that I want to say, <laughs> I'm getting all advice, advicey over here, but I like trying to help people. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to get on, like, on my high horse and like feel like I know more than... Because I don't feel like I know more than, like, anyone else or, like, the listener or or you, the listener, or anyone necessarily. Like, I'm not trying to say I know more or this is why I'm telling you how to do stuff because I feel like I'm still a young person. (laughs) I mean, I just turned 26, like, my birthday jamboree, 26, Um, (laughs) plug my old episodes. But I still have so much learning is what what I mean is I still have... So many things to learn just from life experience. So many things to experience. So many years to year. <laughs> but um, I think anyone can give advice though. Because I still have like a certain level of experience in some things, you know. I have, even though I'm only of this age, maybe I have more experience writing and podcasting than an 86-year-old which actually probably that would be, <laughs> if they weren't a writer, I definitely, 
I'm sure there's not that many 86-year-olds with podcasts out there. But I think there should be, though. That would be an interesting. That would be so fascinating as a listener to listen to, like, a 90-year-old or, like, a 100-year-old person do a podcast. And they just have no idea, like, what smartphones are, like, what iPhones or computers or any of that stuff. But just because that would offer their unique perspective and, like, what, they would have been born in the year 1919 or 1918. So back when the Red Sox won the World Series, they would have been a Red Sox World Series baby, you know, a cursed baby. A curse of the Bambino baby. But I'm saying more people should do podcasts. And like more of a variety of people. Like more just everyone. Like everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not forcing you to do anything. Or I'm encouraging. I'm trying to encourage is my point. Just because I've found it to be so rewarding and fulfilling and exciting. And like I get excited to like before I record an episode. I just... I get like goosebumps. I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling, I'm excited. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready. <laughs> These mics are about to heat up, man. I'm ready. I get pumped up. But anyone can do one because I think everyone can find at least one subject, at least one thing in the world that is interesting to them. And they could probably talk about that one thing for a few minutes every few weeks or whatever. I just, <laughs> that's just my my personal uh advice i guess like you know how you, like you can write a letter there's that thing like if you could write a letter to yourself from 10 years in the past this is my letter to you right now i mean it doesn't even have to be a podcast necessarily it could be like a blog or it could be like a etsy was uh etsy you could do an etsy shop you could do I like I'm like, what is it? Etsy? No, it's it's Etsy. Um do your, do an Etsy shop, sell make your own beanie babies on Etsy or make your own like iPhone cases or textbook covers or something or, or bookmarks or you know. And then like do an Etsy shop or something or do a blog or start writing, start keeping a journal, start keeping a diary, do something creative, do a podcast. Start talking into a recorder. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I think it's always. I mean, some people may be like frustrated and like not know why. Like I'm, I just can't figure out how to express myself. Like nobody listens to me, or I can't, I can't get these people to listen to me, or I can't get my point of view across, or sh- figure out a way to share things I like. And I think this is a way to do it. I think this is a way to share things you like and to get your personal point of view and to just share a piece of yourself with like the the world. Where like really, because that's like really what it is. It's just talking to the world. I mean, anyone can listen. Like I said, I was looking at the podcast stats and my mine are a hundred percent earth, but I I didn't even know I could zoom out and it said a hundred percent earth. Saturn, 0% Venus, 0% Mercury, 0% Pluto, 0% Mars. Well, maybe not Pluto, but you get what I'm saying. They were saying that, like, this podcast, it could be listened to by, like, astronauts or whatever. You know, there could be, 
there could be alien. I don't know about aliens. I mean, maybe they have like some sort of podcast technology that they can beam, you know, beam in to, to kind of like Bluetooth those radio waves out there. It's not, man. Now I'm starting to sound like Joe Rogan. Now, I've been listening to too much Joe Rogan, but it's not the craziest thing to to think of that that aliens could listen to podcasts and and we wouldn't be able to to keep track of their podcast statistics because we couldn't keep track of them but but I'm sure that they would have the technology like picture like an alien like UFO like I'm I'm picturing like a private plane like like Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> like Leo and Wolf of Wall Street you just got like a pool table you got foosball you got like a mini bar not even a mini bar, like a full size bar. <laughs> Those seats that spin around, leather lazy boys, and I don't know. That'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be funny if that's what the inside of a UFO is like. They got those giant flat screen TVs. They got iPads that's built into the walls. But then, of course, they'd be listening to podcasts. They'd have their their Bluetooth headphones. They're all listening to podcasts, but um, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I it's not the craziest thought though, honestly. Honest, honestly, for real. Let me get on. Let me get real here, <laughs> because I've said before, I do believe in aliens for sure. Of course, I believe in other life forms that are not on Earth. I definitely think that that's a real thing. So I don't think it's even that crazy. So based on me believing that. Why would it be crazy for me to think that those life forms would have the crazy technology? Like they probably have Elon Musk. I'm sure they all have like Elon Musk twice his IQ. But twice that technology as well. You know, they got way more. They got Teslas for blenders. They got got Tesla blenders up there. But Alexa... Please, <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, Schmalexa. I'm sure the alien Alexa is so powerful. Just it already knows what you're thinking. It already reads your mind. But what? So based on all that, I'm saying they also listen to podcasts. It's not crazy to think that they could somehow figure out a way to tap into to our to the Earth Internet. Because like, if there's an Earth Internet, I wonder if there's a Oh my god. <laughs> now I'm getting so spacey. Is there a Milky Way internet as well? Is there an, is, is the Earth... Int- <laughs> like how I call it the Earth internet instead of just the internet. <laughs> I'm going to start using that in conversation. Just instead of saying the internet. Uh, the Earth internet. Have you seen the news on the, the Earth internet today? It's crazy. But what about the the universal internet? Is it... I think it's probably a different thing. I'm not even I'm not even talking about the dark web. <laughs> that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the aliens, the the space internet. Like man, this is some crazy talk. I don't know what my point was, but no point really. I like I just like talking about aliens. It's just fun to talk about aliens. Alright, so the hangover. <laughs> back to the AMC Triple feature. Let's let's take a U-turn. Let's sw- swim back to the boat. Do the butterfly stroke. Back to the boat. In the middle of the pier. Um, yeah, I like to use that analogy. That's Bert's analogy too. So he says for 
I've talked about this before, but his analogy is um, for like his stand up or first podcast. He, since he's from Florida, he likes to picture a boat. He just goes out in a boat, like a fishing boat in the middle of a bay. And whenever he's doing stand up or his podcast, actually, I think he's t- more talking about stand up because he has specific material that he's trying to, to talk about. So he tries to veer off, to swim away from that boat of material. That's what the boat represents, is his act, his jokes, his written jokes that he already has prepared. But yeah, he, he kind of just tries to swim away from it. He just tries to try to get as far off, like on different tangents as he can, and then eventually get back to the main course, get back on, back on track, you know, back on the train. So... I don't know, I like, I'll have to think of my own metaphor. I like Bert's metaphor, but what would be a good one? I'm trying to think now, basketball. So let's think basketball. I'm not trying to get, I'm the old guy, I'm not trying to take too far of a shot. I'm not, like, I'm, you know how some people, when you go to the basketball gym, or I mean, you, yeah, you go like any basketball court, there'll be those people who are, they're trying like those half court shots, and they're trying like, granny shots from half court or behind the back no look from three quarters court so I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get too far away from the basket yeah like that I'm not trying to get too far away from the paint from the key um from that from the painted key area you know in front of the free throw line but um yeah just trying to take those floaters like it kind of transfers to in real life when I go and play basketball at the gym. And I'm just shooting around by myself. I always start, I just start with floaters. Just, I, I base it on the Steph Curry. I saw Steph Curry do his warm-up. I mean, I don't do the Steph Curry warm-up where I take threes from the stands, from the fifth row, and all that crazy range talk. But I do the Steph Curry warm-up with the floaters, like I just love doing the the super high floaters, just kind of, it's I don't know what it does. Like it stretches you out and it, it just it relaxes you too and kind of it just gets your body like all like ready to kind of just ready to play some basketball. Just loosen it loosens you up really. That's that's the main thing it does. I mean you're trying to make the shot, like you're obviously trying to just swish the shot and just have the ball just go. Like a moon, like a moonshot, just straight up and straight down, basically. But that's what I would recommend to anyone who likes shooting hoops, likes just playing basketball. I mean, if you're if you want to go shoot hoops by yourself, just start by start with the high arcing floaters, just kind of the scoop shots, you know, scoop shots, kind of like a underhand lay in, and kind of just get 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 your legs under under yourself, you know. It, gets, it warms you up. It's a good warm-up before... Because you don't want to just get in there and just start taking three-pointers. I mean, you want you want to get, get some warm-up shots in. So that's what my metaphor is, though. I like that. For, I mean, this podcast is all tangents, though. There's really no material other than the, uh, the actor, actress's uh, IMDb page. But that's not... That's not that important because we can just do multiple, as you know, because this is part six of The Rock. We just spread them out over multiple episodes. But I suppose that is like the real meat of the show. 
is the IMDb filmography of the actor, actress. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to, I guess I'm just trying to take half-court shots, really. Because <laughs> each half-court shot would be like getting farther and farther away. Like I'm trying to take a shot from the other free throw line, the free throw line on the other side of the court. Because that would represent, even though that's something that I would never do in real life, because I don't like messing around and like, you know, like that kind of, that kind of bugs me. I'm not bugs me, but it's just like people, it's kind of disrespectful to the game of basketball. (laughs) Honestly, just taking those shots, like scoop shots from three quarters court and just kind of messing around. I'm not talking about the pros doing it because, because when NBA players do it, they actually make those shots. I'm talking about when you go to the gym or go to the rec center and see people do those shots. Just, it's disrespectful to, it's like you're messing around. You're just, you're just fooling around. You're not actually playing basketball. You're not, you're not even playing the sport, you know? It's not, but I mean, if you're having fun, then if that's your version of basketball, I guess that's okay. I mean, I can't stop you. Like, I'm not going to referee. I'm not going to be the referee in that situation. and <laughs> Be the person who says, <laughs> be the fun referee, you know? Be like, you, you can't do that. Unless it's like putting people in danger. If they're accidentally like almost hitting people. Because <laughs> people will do the football. They'll do the football pass. From three quarters court. So like a Tom Brady. Just like a Kevin Love outlet pass. You know? Just boom. Wes Unseld. Boom. <laughs> but. Yeah. What am I talking about now? I'm talking about. So yeah. The metaphor though. Is that. I would be doing those types of shots because I would be getting away from the main subject material. As you know that I want to do and go off on these crazy tangents because I like just talking about random stuff that sparks my interest in the moment. And yeah, so that's that's the metaphor that I'll start using. Instead of using Bert's boat metaphor, I'll start using Chris's basketball metaphor. There we go. I'll try to think of a better one, though, because I do like the fact that it's basketball, but I don't like the fact that you're shooting it. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if you're an NBA player and you're, like, you guys have seen the videos of LeBron or Steph Curry making, like, I think I've seen a video of LeBron make about probably five jump shots, not even a crazy Tom Brady throw, just a straight-up jump shot from like three quarters court. I don't know if he made five of them, but even making one of those is insane. Especially if it's a jump shot and not a like football pass. The fact that it's a jump shot shows how strong his uh, his legs are. But NBA players are just insane athletes and I can't believe that they can make those those circus shots in even in warm-ups, when there's no one defending them, I could try a hundred times to try a jump shot from three-quarters court, and I would never make that, to try a jump shot from there. Because you have to, any normal human being would need at least a couple steps and then would do the thing where they shoot from their chest or maybe do the football pass. But that's just, that's the way it goes. That's why you're a professional athlete. 
So I'll try to think of a better... Ooh, maybe snowboarding. Okay, okay. Snowboarding, you're trying to go as far... This is also unsafe, though. <laughs> this is not recommended for aspiring snowboarders and skiers out there listening. But maybe you're trying to go as far as you can off course. Oh, how about just off course roading? I mean, how about just, yeah, just off course roading. Just with like a Jeep. You're, try, you're trying to go as far as you can off the course, off the road off the paved main road as you can and then still manage to make your way back to that main road. I mean, I like that one and it logistically makes sense, but it just doesn't really have any any application to me because I've never really been off-roading. And my one memory this linked with off-roading is a horrific, it's not memory, it's just something that I heard that one of my friends told me happened to a couple kids that went to that I went to high school with, uh, they were off roading in like in the jeep. I th- I think it was a jeep probably. And one of them, yeah, one of they crashed and one of them died. So that's the only thing I have associated with off roading really, is that story. I think they landed on the roof of their car. Or they flipped their car or something, and barrel rolled. And I think he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And um, I think he, yeah, he just died. It's just crazy. Um, super sad. That's what can happen. But that's what I, that's what I think of when I think of off roading. So I, that makes me just never want to do it. Definitely don't want to go off roading. It scared me away. It scared me straight. Um, all right, let's get back to AMC Triple Feature. Right, let's do it. The Hangover was great. We talked about it. Brody Stevens. Episode 3, you got it. Yes, positive energy. The Hangover, parts 1 and 2. Cut out of 3. <laughs> That's what he said uh, before he, he passed away too. Back in uh, February, we did a... I did the episode the day that Brody Stevens passed away. He's He's a well-known comedian. I mean, I don't know about... He's not well-known, like internationally or anything but I think he's very respected and well known in the comedian community and especially in LA and yeah he's well like he's a comedian's comedian is from what I've heard on podcasts you know like like he's one of their favorites like every comedian loves Brody Stevens so um yeah R.I.P. Brody Stevens and The Hangover after that we went skipped on over across the aisle did a there was a diving board somehow per, perched right on the outside of the door of theater 9 and we just bounced on the diving board right across the aisle because the floor was made of carpet or of carpet <laughs> the floor was made of carpet which was made of lava boom aisle made, <laughs> I just tied it all together I don't know what I'm doing right now I'm just blabbering um, I'm just doing my personal riff, just a, a personal, this is what you call a one-man improv, uh, personal one-man show, riffing, riffing, <laughs> just riffing, but no one, no one to stop you, so, really just keep talking about the lava carpet, that was a fun game, though, 
that was maybe my favorite game growing up. Back in way back in the day. Back in the playground days. I definitely have lots of good memories of the lava being <laughs> why do I keep getting it mixed up. The ground being made of lava. It's like a classic playground thing. But it's also I could see people easily getting hurt. Like my sister she broke her arm three times growing up. I think one of them was one of them was falling off the monkey bars. One of them was jumping over the couch, and then I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was sports related. But she broke her arm three times, and yeah, it's weird how some people's bones can be so brittle. Like you would think that I would like that I would have had the same traumas on my arm as a child. And yet, I didn't break my arm three times. But maybe, once you break it once, it's easier to break it again. I bet that's a fact. And it's probably all depends on how you land on it. That's probably... It's probably not how hard... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. What am I talking about? This isn't WebMD. This isn't Adam Dr. Drew. Alright, so... The Hangover, yep, Lava Ground Game was awesome. That's a great game. Wall Ball, speaking of Dodgeball, which we talked about earlier, Wall Ball was a great game. I loved Wall Ball. I can't even really remember how, what the rules were, necessarily. But it involved, okay, here, here's what it was. So everyone was lined up, um, like about like 15 feet away from the wall. You're in a basketball gym. And I think there's yeah, there's just one ball. So someone throws the ball super hard against the wall. And then when it bounces back, if it hits the person, that person has to sprint towards the wall and touch it. But if if someone else can pick up the ball and throw it against the wall, and if it hits the wall before the person sprinting touches the wall, then that person's out. And that's wall ball. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun game. I feel like there should be an adult wall ball league. That would be great. Dodgeball sequel. Oh, yes. Kickball. Not kick. Not kick. Uh, wall ball. But I also think kickball would be a good one too. I think there should be a dodgeball sequel called wall ball. And then, yeah, then kickball. That'd be awesome. You could kick life by the ball. And then wall ball would be peg life by the ball by the ball because <laughs> you're trying to peg people all right i guess you're just trying to throw the ball throw life by the ball it would be because you're just throwing the ball off the wall throw life by the ball really hard off the wall and hope that it hits one of the people you're playing wall ball against <laughs> that'd be a long slogan all right all righty so after the hangover we watched land of the lost which was God-awful. Terrible movie. In my opinion. But we talked about it the very first episode of A Star is Born. The Will Ferrell episode. And yeah, make sure to listen to that very first episode. Start in the beginning. Uh, listen chronologically. That's how I like to do the old podcast. Whenever I binge listen to a podcast, start with the first one. That's what I did with the uh, Burt podcast. The Burt cast. That's what I did with Pete Holmes' You Made It Weird. 
in the crab feast, the no longer exists crab feast that's now been divided into Ryan Sickler's The Honeydew and Jay Lawson's Throughline. But yeah, I think it just makes sense. If you're gonna if you're gonna binge listen to something, start from the first one. It's just do it chronologically. Don't jump around. It's just too confusing to jump around. Because the person changes, I don't know, especially for this podcast. I'm not trying to make this one sound special, but I mean, this is a chronological podcast. It's, I don't know, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Listen to however you want. I'm just happy you're listening, of course. All right. (laughs) I made it through that one. (laughs) I'm like, I'm on the other side. I may fumble my way through that statement. All right, so Landa lost... Terrible movie. I just didn't like it. I thought it was, even though it fit a couple of my favorite, I think it was trying to be a comedy. I think it was trying to be funny. It was definitely a caper, or not a caper really, but it was a bit of a road trip movie. It was, it was a walking road trip. Definitely a walking, um, walking trip. So it falls into a couple of those categories, but still terrible (laughs) just but i mean don't even watch it like that's i'm not trying to to drive people away from movies but in the stars born this podcast speaking of which a stars born a movie which i have not seen yet as of today but i would like to see it just because it's the namesake of this this podcast but um yeah the point of this show is not to drive people away from movies or it's not even to be negative of course it's to be positive and to spread good good tithings but um (laughs) is that a phrase good tithings i think it is a phrase good tithings but i think it's okay to be honest though and to say my opinion and to say that i saw this movie land of the lost and i remember having a strong opinion about it when i saw it I remember distinctly, even though I have not seen this movie since I saw it in theaters 10 years ago, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the AMC Triple Feature next month in June, but, so yeah, it's been a decade since I saw it, but I don't think it's not one of those movies that I'm going to like better now. If anything, I would have liked it better back then than I would now, because I think it's, I think it's a little slanted toward... The younger generation, just because it's it's kind of dumb. <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't know. It's, it's just it's kind of dumb humor, you know. But it's also based on an old '70s TV show, so that's what's confusing about it. Is this it's dumb humor that's is for young. It's supposed to be for young people, but it's from a show that's from 35 years ago, but from bef- 35 years before it came out, before the movie came out. So none of those young people have ever even heard of the TV show. Because it's not like Star Wars level fame. <laughs> no one, I had never heard of Land of Lost before the Will Ferrell movie. But so it's kind of, I think it just kind of misfired on its whole, on its whole t- genre. Honestly, it's kind of weird. I think that movie would have been better if it, if it had been like a dark drama, like a thriller like a Dark Knight kind of movie. I don't know if Will Ferrell, then they would have to get a different actor because Will Ferrell would not have been 
I mean, I'm not saying you can't do a drama, but other than Everything Must Go, that movie, which you may have not even heard of, the Will Ferrell movie where he gets kicked out of his house, and I think he, I think he just ends up living on his lawn, on his front, on his front yard. I think that's what happens. It's kind of an indie film, but oh, Stranger Than Fiction, that was a serious Will Ferrell movie. I'm trying to think of serious Will Ferrell, uh, Ferrell dramas, but that's the point. Is I can't, I can think of two. <laughs> I'm sure he could do it though. He's just that good at comedy. Because it's harder to be funny. It's harder to be a comedic actor than to be a dramatic actor, I think. That's for... I think that's like a pretty well-known fact that... It's just there's less funny people. There's less people who can be funny in the world. And I don't know. I'm not putting dramatic acting down, but... I'm saying that it's easier to teach people to do that. And funny, you can't teach people to be funny. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that, like right now I'm looking at Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn because I'm looking at the Dodgeball DVD, and those are two of the funniest people in the world, but you can't teach people to be funny. It's just, you can take like improv classes and do stand-up comedy and uh, hone your skills, hone your tools, but I think like a Will Ferrell, like these levels of funny, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, uh, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, the funniest people, you know, um, it can't be taught. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Funny can't be taught like that. It's just, it's natural. It's all in, it's how they move. It's like, it's in their eyes. It's, it's things that, you know, um, it's, it's you can teach things like you can, I don't, I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> I have made my point. <laughs> you get, you get what I'm saying. All right, so Landon Lost. Let's wrap up the anti triple feature. Landon Lost, not a great movie. Don't really recommend it. Year one, I recommend it a little more than Landon Lost. I mean, I would watch Year One again. I would. I would. It's probably only ninety minutes. I would. I'd watch it. It's got funny people in it, so I would expect that there's some funny parts in it. But I mean, Will Ferrell is in Landon Lost. I don't think there's really anyone else who's funny in Land of the Lost, though. That's the thing. It's, he's, like, the only funny person in it. And, um, yeah, definitely see The Hangover, though. Of course. That's one of the funniest movies of all time. So if you have not seen The Hangover, right after this podcast, or just pause it right now and just watch The Hangover. Because this is a great, that's a great classic movie. And um, that's your AMC triple feature, baby. There we go. All right. Seems like a good time for another break. Yeah. So we're going through these franchises, going through the movie franchises. We're still trying to make a dent in the Rock's IMDb page. We're we're working our way through it. We're chipping away. But um, we're doing it. I'm going to go on a little break. Go uh, get some water. Go to the potty. And uh, I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm going on break. I'm on break. I'm on break.